How you doing? I am your host, Edgar Otraves, welcoming you to another episode of the Floral Podcast. Now, this is episode 151, the first episode of the year, and of course, I had to have my homie, not my cousin Dan, come on and help me with this one. Now, the subject of conversation today will be villains. Originally, I started with our favorite villains, and then that quickly changed to just notable villains, and uh, you'll see why. Now, if you're new to the show and you want to find out more about us, head on over to theflowrollpodcast.com. There you'll see a complete catalog of all our episodes and a whole lot more. So make sure you head on over there to find out more about the Flow Roll Podcast. So when I was building the notes for this show and I sat around thinking about all the villains that I could talk about, I realized that a villain, a true antagonistic force, a true villain, it needs an, an almost unkillable aspect to it. It really has to be a mountain that the hero of the story has to climb or the protagonist has to overcome. And in order for that protagonist to really come on the other side with true change, you really need something that's going to take you to the edge. And then sometimes in some stories, in the hero, especially when it comes to the hero's journey, the hero at times has to die. And in order for that to happen, the villain or the antagonistic force in the story really needs to be a true threat. So when you sit here thinking about how horrible some of these villains are, remember that there is a hero on the other side of the spectrum who is fighting to get over this villain. So without further ado, on with the show. There's, this is such a difficult topic. You'd think it would be easy, right? And, and it was easy to come up with a list. Of yeah. The, oh, these are villains that like really got me, you know. But but trying to like put it into a category or a ranking or anything like that, like it's impossible. Yeah. And I, I was think I just thought, you know, as I'm kind of going through my list and like I said, I was rearranging things to make it sort of navigable. You know what is just sort of happening is like I'm I'm plunking them together like in groups of like this is who scared the crap out of me as a kid. Yeah. And now these are villains that like as an adult, uh, you know what I mean? So like that's kind of how oh, my grouping's coming together. That's interesting, you know. And it's uh, just sort of coming together like uh like organically like that. I I do have like some older villains on here or villains that I consider a little older in terms of like in, in, in this in the life of pop culture and there's more recent villains um, but yeah they they do affect me a little differently because of my perspective at the time that I was aware of them right yeah yeah but uh, but here let, let's get going so um, welcome to another episode of the floral podcast and the first podcast of 2023 and of course, I had to have my homie come on, the guy who's been helping me with the podcast the whole time, the soul of the podcast, <laughs> <laughs> not my cousin Dan. What's up, cousin Dan, or not my cousin Dan? What's going on? Dobrano, cabron. How are you doing? All right, man. I hope you've been having a good year, I man. I, it's okay so far. I mean, what? The year's two weeks old, you know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's okay so far. I felt so bad that I couldn't do that episode 150, man. Dude, I really wanted you on that podcast, but I understand you got grown up stuff to do, you know? Ah, uh, you know, if my world could be this podcast, it would. Man, me too, you know? man. I, I uh, like, 
I'm Wouldn't just, it be so great if we lived in a world where we could just do the stuff that we enjoyed? That would be amazing. But I mean, although you know, you know, something that did happen, and I'm not going to reveal any names or anything. But so that blog that I've been doing uh-huh. about motorcycling, I I got invited to pitch to a to a like a legit cycle publication. Cycle what? Magazine. Yeah, really. And so so not like. Not like, hey, write for us, but yeah. like, hey, we want to at least hear your pitches. You know what I mean? Oh, dude, that's badass. Like, we like your writing and we want to at least hear hear what you have to pitch to us. Dude, yeah. fingers crossed for you, bro. I hope you get that, man. Yeah, that, that, that would be awesome, right? That, yeah, it would be a ton of visibility. I mean, hopefully they pay you, you know, hopefully they give you a... Oh, you yeah, know. oh yeah, it would be a it would be a paid thing. Yeah. Oh, fucking yes. But but bear in mind, like, it yeah, would you, be paid, paid, peed. I'm sure there'd be P involved, but uh, <laughs> it would be a paid freelance writing gig. And, and uh, I think the the world is well aware of what that means these days. But, you know, that's not the point. The point no. is, like, like I, it's that moment of validation. Like, hey, it's taken me so long. Like, after a career of of doing, like, professional writing. Uh-huh. Uh, and struggling like professional writing, not for myself, always on a like for clients basis, you uh-huh. know, and whilst that whole time, like struggling to get independently published and what like and not really getting a ton of success in that regard. And then it just, it just validates that that whole mindset of like, hey, let's get back to basics. Try writing about something that you love. Maybe start there. Yeah. And and there's that validation of like, oh, th- so that was a good decision. And it only took me, how old am I? 44 this year? It only, <laughs> it only took me 26 years to figure out if you write about what you love, you're going to probably write better than otherwise. You know? Oh, dude, that is fucking awesome. Yeah, dude, it's pretty cool. I think it's awesome, man. I mean, well, I wish, and, and I, wish like, that... I don't want to count my chickens before they hatch, right? You know what uh-huh. I mean? All, all that happened here is somebody reached out to me and said, not necessarily we want you to write for us, but we would be happy to entertain your submissions. Yeah. You know, which in a, in like the sense of the way that the writing world works traditionally. Uh-huh. That's that's actually a pretty big thing, you know. Yeah. No, dude, that's fantastic, so, dude. I'll make sure to put a link to your blog in the in the description. I, I usually do when you ha- when you're on. But yeah, uh, I'll, I'll make sure that you know if people are curious, they can go and jump and look at it because uh, I read a couple of them and I found them entertaining. You know? Yeah, yeah, and, and that's all I can hope for, you know. Like anyway, anyway. So that's so awesome, the years bro. the years the years off to a promising start. You that's know? fantastic. I mean, if nothing comes from it, then, you know, so what? You know, it's, 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 uh, it's one, right? It's one. Yeah, exactly. One person asks you, maybe there'll be two, maybe there'll be three, then there'll be 10, then there'll be. You, ne- and, you never know. And, and, and something's going to pop, right? Something will happen. It, hopefully, you know? Yeah. But I mean, so. in the meantime, just keep doing what you're doing, man. I mean, enjoying yeah. what you're doing and, and writing for, for the love of writing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. 
Ah, oh, dude, that's so fucking. Here, awesome. here I am, like, a, like, and, and it's just funny because the way I'm talking about it, it's like this is this is the way that like a a never been published first time young writer like fresh out of school or something like this is the way that they would react like oh my god the world is at my fingertips now and, like i'm so excited and it and it's like that's the way i'm talking about it but i like i also know like dude i could pitch them 15 articles and they would be like no to yeah. every single one of them you know like and that happens I, right so I mean, I mean, uh, I've told this story before where I went down to uh, this thing called Animation Celebration back 20 years ago when I wanted to be an animator and went room yeah. the room the room <laughs> getting rejected. So, uh, yeah, I must have been rejected at least 50 times in one day. I mean, I've never felt so much reje just, rejection. Just going, going from booth to booth. Uh, yeah, show us your shit. Okay, yeah, it's shit. You can yeah, go. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, Will. You, you know, do you want my card? No, no, you're good. Get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, dude, uh, this is more promising <laughs> than that, though, because they came to you. They went looking for you, and they notified you. So this is, this is different than that experience, although horrible um but i mean and if nothing comes from it that's fine because i mean they came to you no. to begin with if nothing comes from it i still got my blog you yeah. know and so. maybe somebody else will find it and somebody else will ask you something right yep yep dude man that's fucking occasionally awesome. the internet actually works in your favor you know occasionally yeah yeah i like it when no. that happens right yeah how are you how are you doing how's the new year for you uh, it started off a little rough. I got really sick. Uh, but you know, I'm better now and, uh, I'm getting, uh, I'm getting back to jujitsu. I, I want to, I got my goals. I wrote them down. I'm working on them, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, I'd like to see, I'd like to see the, I'd like to get to brown belt, for example. That's one thing sure, I would want to sure. try. Um, the other things, uh, I got a couple other creative projects that I'm working on, but I'm also trying to get more more art clients so i got a i got a slew of art clients and uh or i shouldn't say a slew i got a big project that i'm working for uh and uh like but, you know like a painting that's awesome that's yeah. awesome yeah that that actually came to me uh it kind of grew like one guy asked for something and then another guy saw it and then he asked for something and so then, next thing you know i got i got 10 paintings here that i kind of need to turn in that's awesome dude yeah that, that was that was really unexpected and I'm, and I'm really happy with uh, how this is all working out. You, but, ever, you, know, you ever wonder how, how like as we're getting older and these opportunities are sort of coming to us, you know, you ever wonder about how when we were younger and we had that fire, you know, and and just uh, basically running at the world full steam, fists up, like yeah. running at running at it like it's a fight. And now when this stuff happens for me that almost every time the first thing i think is you know what i think the problem was i was trying too hard mm. you know i think i think uh i think the problem is maybe uh i wasn't trying hard enough or maybe i wasn't in the right place so again, or, or, or there's also or maybe I really thought I was much better than I actually was at the time. And it took this amount of time to actually get good. You know what? I think that's that's probably right. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. for me, especially because uh, I mean, I, I mean, I knew I wasn't a great artist when I went to, to animation celebration trying to get all these jobs. 
because there were much better people there, <laughs> like mm-hmm. high level artists, like yeah. people who were making like amazing landscapes and portraits and stuff. People who were like young, hungry, and well trained, mm-hmm. and they were getting fucking rejected. I don't know what made them, what made me think that my ass with my stick figures showing up and showing them to a studio exact that that mm-hmm. that would somehow get me a fucking job when Joe Schmo who was painting fucking realistic portraits wasn't getting the job I don't you know like yeah 100 yeah. I, I I'm right there with you I think you're yeah I think you yeah hit the nail there's, the there's probably something to that like there's 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 probably something to all these other things that we're talking about too like there's definitely probably something to I was probably trying too hard you know it's like mm. when you uh, I'm trying to think of a good like analogy or like a good metaphor, but like we, you, sometimes when you're doing something, you apply too much pressure or too much force. Mm-hmm. All that happens is that force gets reflected right back at you. you yeah. Know? Yeah. And you know yeah. what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's just like, well, a- I, I would say like there's, there's probably a good analogy there with, with like MMA, you know, mm-hmm. like, like you don't throw, a punch with everything you got every single time. No, you'll run out of gas. You'll run out of gas Uh, or, or you'll break, you'll break a knuckle, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Like you'll take yourself out of the fight for sure. Cause you're trying too hard. I agree. Yeah. That, that does happen. Yeah. And sometimes like, you know, giving it all just sets you up for, for a loss, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, because like you can have the guy in the corner, you could be wailing on him, and then you think you got it. And guy just throws a haymaker and knocks you out mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the middle of the flurry. You know, that happens. Like, like you're, you're in the business, you're, you're stuck throwing everything you got behind every single strike. Meanwhile, that guy's biding his time and he strategically lands one at the right time. It's, it's different. You know, yeah. he's not trying too hard. He's, he's trying he's, smart. Yeah. He's waiting for you his know? moment yeah. and, you, and you're throwing everything you got. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus Christ! Well, yeah. it's so cool. It's so cool. I'm, <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that you're you're getting some some of your creative jollies off there. That's really really good to hear, dude. Yeah, dude. It's it's uh it's been fun too because it's it made me realize. Oh, you know what? I could be doing more of this, and yeah. uh, and I can make time for it. I have time yeah. for it. I just or. It, that right there, you have time for it. Like we 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 spent a lot of time on this podcast talking about how there's just not time. Mm. There's not time to do everything. But what that means is you just got to get better about time management. Yeah, and and you got to come to a compromise where, yes, like for, for instance, with this podcast, yeah, it would be great if this is all we ever had to do, and if we if if we could spend twelve hours a day just sitting pumping out podcasts that would be fantastic that would be pretty fucking awesome that would be yeah. a great way to spend our time but we can't do that no. you know um and uh and yeah it's like your quality when you kind of realize okay i can't spend all i can this is the amount of time i can spend on it and i have to learn to be happy with that compromise what ends up happening is whatever you're doing whether it's art graphic arts or or writing or whatever your quality your your output goes down but your quality comes way way up yeah i i feel also there's other things involved too like the quality of life right so Mm. 
uh, I still have my family. I still need to kind of spend time with them and make sure that, you know, they get what they need from me. And I can't be spending every moment on all these little other projects. So I have to like, when I have a moment to do these things, I'm going to concentrate and not dilly dally on mm -hmm. whatever other thing they may pop up in front of me, like looking on Instagram and, and trying to like, you know, all that nonsense. I, I can't do it. Yep. You know, when yep. I'm on, when I'm, when I'm doing, when I'm doing podcast stuff, that's all I'm doing. When I'm doing art stuff, that's all I'm doing. I'm not like searching on the web, you know, mm -hmm. looking, you know, and then taking breaks. No, if I have to take a break, I'm done for the day and I'm going to go hang out with my kids. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Right. Yep. But it's just, uh, it's just being cognizant of that too. You know, I also say no to stuff. People have been inviting me for the stuff and I have to be like, uh, no, you know, yeah. not, not because I don't want to hang out with these people. Yeah. There's some, some of these people I love and, and, uh, the, it's just an excuse to hang out. Right. But I also realize that, okay, that takes, you know, the thing that they're asking me to do or whatever, snowboarding or, yep. you know, ice skating or whatever, it's going to take equipment. It's going to take time. It's going to like, I don't, if I don't know the skill, God forbid, I, I, I like it. Yeah, now I have right. yet another fucking hobby. Yeah. Cause like you're, you're like me where like you try something, you like it all of a sudden, that's all you're, that's all you got space for, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, yeah. and right now, all I really want is all I really want to do is the job, the family, the, the jujitsu, the podcast and the art. Yeah. Yeah. There's that already, that's a ton of shit and I'm not, right. I don't want any, I don't want anything else in it, yeah. you know? So I, I'm going to have to say no to things and, and I hope people, you know, I hope people take it well. So far people have been okay with it, but I'm sure they think I'm an asshole. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay for people to think you're an asshole. Yeah, it's kind of true. You know what I mean? It's, it's, you got you got very little control over that. So yeah, the only the only thing you have control over is whether or not you think you're an asshole. Mm. You know. So and, and speaking of assholes, in, right, right. <laughs> speaking of assholes, we're we're talking villains today. And actually, that last statement because my favorite villains, and I don't know if this is really gonna come through in with the villains that I've picked up, but my favorite villains in books and in comics and in movies are the villains who don't necessarily know they're villains. I like those villains too. You know, that's like, be, and because that's very real, you know, in every situation, in the real world. Yeah. There are people who are mean, you know, there, there are, there are people who just have kind of an evil streak to them, mm -hmm. but realistically the people who are villains, the, they, they don't necessarily know they're villains. They, they're doing what they're doing because they think what they're doing is right. You know? Yes. And those are my favorite villains to read in fiction and to see in movies. The ones who like everybody agrees they're the villain except them, <laughs> you know? Yeah. They think they're actually doing something good. Right. Right. And I don't know, you know, I hopefully, hopefully that'll come through in the villains that I've picked, but there are definitely some in here where it's like, no, they're just evil and they're supposed to be evil. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I, I, uh, I have those. I don't, you know, now that I'm looking at mine, I don't think I have a misunderstood villain here. I think they're, they're all pretty bad. <laughs> and, and I think one thing, at least for my list that I want to make, uh, 
sure that people understand is, is that these villains that I picked, at least on my list, I started off as like, oh, well, you know, these are the villains I like. And then I started going through the list and I'm like, ooh, these guys are pretty fucking awful. Like, I don't, <laughs> yeah. I feel a little gross even thinking that I like these villains. Like, yeah. Like, once you break but, them down uh, to their core, you realize, oh, these guys are awful. They're, but, they're, 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 but, but that's the thing, dude. We like them. We don't like the character per se. Mm-hmm. We don't like what they're doing. They're villains. Yeah. And and we like them and we're calling them out because it's like, now here's an example of a really good, really effective villain. They're horrible. Yeah. And that's why we like them. We don't approve of them. We just like them in as as a portrayal of a villain, you know? Yeah. We we like to beat the shit out of these guys. Mm-hmm. We like to overcome these guys because they're so bad. Yeah. Right. But um and- so, like, maybe right off the bat, just because I'm sure people are going to expect us to go certain places, let's just let's just make this statement. Like, we are not going to waste time on the villains that we already know everybody is going to be like, yes, that's the number one villain of all time. And, and there's one that I'm willing to bet that, that both of us would agree is probably, like, if we were going to do a ranking, like, this is the best villain ever, the Joker. The Joker. You know? There's no point in talking about the Joker. Yeah, the Joker's yeah. great. The Joker's phenomenal. That's yeah. a, what a great villain. We yes. don't need to talk about the Joker. We don't need to talk about Darth Vader. Nope. You know, we don't. We don't need to spend time or or like Hannibal Lecter. Like these are all great villains, potentially examples of the greatest villains of all time. We don't. We don't need to dive into them here. No, because everybody I, knows it. Yeah, and I and if I do mention Darth Vader on my list, it's not because I'm like, oh, Darth Vader's on my list. It will be more like, like Darth Vader. Yeah, this guy or that guy, you know. Yeah. So yep. like, it, it it will be more of a point of reference versus a actual item on the list. But uh, so why don't you go ahead and give us your first one? My uh, first one, and I'm yeah. sure I, I, if we do have loyal listeners, I'm sure they're gonna love this one because my pick for the number one villain uh the first villain i want to talk about is everybody's favorite cousin cousin primo (laughs) (laughs) the truest most evilest uh antagonistic force Mm -hmm. in the podcast world absolutely cousin (laughs) primo you are the best villain that has ever villained. <laughs> what what qualities? <laughs> what are the qualities that make him such a great villain? He has all the qualities. He's a criminal mastermind. <laughs> He's cunning. You never see him coming. Never. Yeah. 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 He's he's yeah. Always- and he's got he's got his trademark howl. Oh. Every, yeah. every villain's got to have a trademark, and he's got primo. N- nothing sends shiver down shivers down the spine like that primo howl. No, nothing. Nothing. I am gonna I am gonna catch so much shit from primo <laughs> the next time. Yeah, I'll make sure I'll make sure that uh next time I get you guys together, I, you know, I'll bring it up. Uh <laughs> in fact I almost I almost invited him on just so that I could get him to 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 chime Well here's in. hoping he listens. Oh, he's gonna <laughs> listen. He listens to every single one. I'm sure his ass is gonna be like, man, what the fuck? <laughs> he's gonna be he's gonna have two complaints. It's like, first of all, 
you know, why am I on the evil list? And second, why wasn't I in the podcast? <laughs> yeah, there you go. But but truth be told, and I have talked to you and him both one on one about this, like outside of the the realm of this podcast. I love Primo. Yeah, Primo is like my favorite guy. He's awesome. I, I love that guy. I, I, I yeah, I I. I have nothing but good things to say about Primo. So I'm just messing around right now. Yeah, I know. So then <clears throat> why don't you give us our, your real. Uh... I'm going to start. I'm going to start. Let's go with recent. Right. I'm going to mm-hmm. start with with here's my favorite villain that came out of 2022. Joe Butubaki. Joe Butubaki. Joe Butubaki from everything, every everything, oh, everywhere, all at once. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Best wow. villain, best villain from 2022, at least from from movies, mm-hmm. gotta be gotta be the best because everybody, as wacky and off the wall as that movie was, as conceptually confusing and and confounding as it was to try to sit there and navigate through that movie until you get to the point where you're like, I don't need to be analyzing this. I'm just gonna watch it, right? Because that's how that movie was. That movie, number one, that movie is phenomenal, but but. Jobu Tupaki, the uh, the the what do they they call her? Wayman even called her like like something like the 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 darkest evil or something like that, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, I think everybody who's ever been a teenager <laughs> can identify with that character. Yeah, you know that that's can, can the, identify with the, the those all consuming feelings of existential crisis, you know, and coming to a point where you're just like fuck all this shit, none of it matters. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna destroy. I'm, I'm gonna put everything into a bagel and destroy it. You know, yeah. I'm gonna destroy the, all of existence. The eight everything bagel. So you're talking about Jobu Tubaki, who was also Joy Wang, who yeah. was played by Stephanie Hsu in. Um, I do believe it's pronounced shoe. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm horrible with this kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. The only reason Stephanie. I say that because I was looking her up today while I was making my list. And in her IMDb bio, it says her name. And then in parentheses, it says pronounced shoe. Okay. <laughs> because they, 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 you know, the H and the S are the other way around, right? So, right, right. Yeah. But okay. Um, that's how she wants to pronounce it. That's how I'll pronounce it shoe. Uh, but yes, she is, she, so she is a multiversal character too. So, right. And it's, I believe she's a pain in the ass in every existence. And there's some existences where she doesn't exist. Yeah. You know? Right. Well, she's, she's a pain in the ass in every existence because she's become all of her different incarnations at the same time. Yes. Uh, I and, think and that's I, what makes her so powerful, yeah, and I'm, so dangerous. Is that what you call a nexus being? Uh, I, I don't know. Sure, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to say yes. So nexus we're going to play a game of yes and yes and. <laughs> nexus beings are rare individual entities that uh, uh, that with the ability to affect uh, probability and thus the future, thereby altering the flow of universal time stream. No, so probably not. I don't think that's. That's exactly. Well, I think she kind of had universal power. You know, yeah. she could she could do whatever she wanted whenever she wanted. Hence the name of the movie, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Man, what a crazy existence. But like the other thing, too, was she was both 
the reason for uh, uh, Michelle Yeoh's character to to be happy. Yeah, uh, but she was also the cause of much dread. She she was, yeah, she was the cause of pretty much all of the anxiety mm-hmm. in that movie, all of the tension, and for uh for Michelle Yeoh for Evelyn. Yes. Uh, well, with the exception of the tax lady, but, uh, <laughs> yes. um, but, but she was also, you know, by the end of the movie, you know, there was this realization that she's also the source of, of all of her joy. And, and that's kind of a universal truth. You know, the things that bring us joy, the things that, that bring us pleasure and happiness are usually the things that cause us the most anxiety, you yeah. know? And, it, and it's because we care about those things. Yeah, they're it, because they're very important and and they're precious. Yes, and just because they cause us pain and 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 suffering and all that stuff doesn't necessarily mean that they're bad. It just means, again, like we're saying, that they're important mm-hmm. to us. So this yep. antagonistic force that Joy is, she is, you know, what a daughter might be to a parent at some at some point, but it never she never stops being just as her name states joy it's just yeah. that not all joy right. brings you happiness right 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 and, and that's mm-hmm. and that's part of what being an adult is right very much very much yeah so that's that's where i want to start i'm starting with with her but that's just because most recent you know Kiki juan uh, uh am i saying it right yes um won the golden globe and he gave that amazing uh acceptance speech that that basically made everybody cry you know did he what did he say oh, I'm, I'm crying oh, i don't even know what he's saying i'm ready oh, to start well, bawling he, he said he said a lot you know but but he he first thing he did is he said uh that he was raised to never forget who gave you opportunities and, and to never stop being thankful and then he called out Steven Spielberg, who's in the audience, because Steven Spielberg gave him his first role, this short round. In, and we're going to circle back to short round with my list, actually. Okay. But uh, as short round in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And then with Goonies as well. Goonies, yeah. So he, he brought that up and then he got, he got emotional and he said, you know, I have spent so much of my life living in anxiety over the fact that the biggest and best thing that I was ever going to do happened when I was eight years old wow. and that I was never, ever going to be able to top what I did when I was eight. And then the Daniels came around and gave me this opportunity to, and, and it changed his whole world and it helped him get past that you know yeah and it was just this beautiful thing you know um it's one of those acceptance speeches that you know most acceptance speeches are just kind of blah but that it it was it was powerful you know and then michelle yo won for evelyn like ah it was good it was good stuff that movie is so good yeah yeah and his role in it i mean if you ask me he's the true hero he was amazing in that movie. Yeah. He was amazing. And not just in a comic way. Like his acting was like, he deserved that, that golden globe. Yeah. His acting was amazing. Yeah. He did I'm, so much in so many different things. 
and uh, yeah. he, like he was able to go from from slapstick comedy to heartfelt drama and it didn't feel wrong or forced or anything like he so earnest yeah in every moment of that movie he's doing more work too like he's got more stuff coming his way so we'll see uh, we'll see him again and i i hope we we do because uh, again he we all uh, all of us from a certain generation we will all always remember short round. You can't forget short round and you can't forget data yeah. from Goonies. You from know, Goonies. you can't, you can't forget those characters. They are immortal, those characters. And then, you know, he, he did a few other things and then his 15 minutes were sort of over and now he's back. And the, the thing is, he's actually a really, really good actor. And all you have to do is watch the movie to see that. Like his face is so emotive. His voice is emotive, you know, it, earnest. It's earnest and sincere. Yeah. He's owning that character in that moment. You know, we're going to see him again. He's coming out in, in uh, the Loki series. He's got oh, good. Yeah. He's got six episodes of appearance in that. And then he's got, He's got something slated for the electric voice uh, or electric state, which he's doing doing voice work for. For, and he's going to be a character called Freddie Wong in the American Born Chinese. He's he's working. He's going to be working. And Good. Hopefully, we'll Good. see more of this cat because I I do love that character or that actor. I think he's and fantastic. I don't know if you had this experience, but like uh, when I go to movies anymore, I avoid anything. Like I avoid trailers. Like if it's a movie that I know I want to see, I I try to go in as blind as possible. You know, I don't want any color on that before I sit down and, and enjoy it because I'm so cynical and so jaded about movies anymore, you know? Uh-huh. And when, when he popped on the screen, I remember like it, it took seconds. It took seconds for me to realize who he was. And it was such a such an exciting surprise. And then add to that that his performance is amazing. Dude, he's you got know? kung fu, man. That guy and, can do, can throw down. And and on top of like acting, like he's got the kung fu, he's got all this stuff. And he was amazing. But like I remember sitting there and like, wow, this guy, this guy looks a lot like Jackie Chan. Yeah. And, and, and I was like, what? Wow. Where did they? And then all of a sudden I was like, oh my, he made a facial expression. He made a very specific facial expression. And I was like, it's data, you know? <laughs> and, oh, it was, uh, it, it, yeah. Anyway, I was so excited to see him uh, anyway. So yeah, I started talking about Joe Tupaki, who is a phenomenal villain. And now we've just spent the last 15 minutes talking about Keiki. Keiki. I, am I saying it right? I feel so I, badly. I feel so badly. Don't feel bad. I mean, I, I butcher everything all the time. So Keiki Kwan, I guess. Uh, I, yeah, I'm not doing much better. So don't Ke, feel bad. Keiki Kwan. Yes. Keiki Kwan. That, I'm gonna let so you I was it. definitely pronouncing it wrong and I was not doing him justice. And I apologize profusely for that because man, do I love that guy. Yeah. He's also known as Jonathan Key Kwan. So, all right. 
you can go with John. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, if you want, I mean, I, I think I will. <laughs> but anyway, um, so here, let's let's keep it moving. But yeah, I, I think I think this is going to be something that we're going to is going to be hard to avoid. Like you can't talk about the villains without, without talk- talking about the heroes. Yeah, because they have an yeah. effect on the hero, right? right? And the, and right. the well, hero. Because the heroes aren't any good in movies and comics and whatever medium. Mm -hmm. The heroes aren't any good at all if they don't have a good villain. Yeah. Batman is kind of boring without the Joker, you know? And the same thing's true the other way. Like, the villain is not interesting if they're not fighting a hero, you know? I agree. So, I have my villain, one of the villains I have that I want to bring up we're not talking about this villain in, in perspective of like in the movie or just in movies. I'm talking about in all media, because there are some stories that are not associated with several versions of this uh, villain, but his name is Dr. Octopus. Oh uh, yeah. And, and Dr. Octopus, I bring him up because for the most part, people, Oh, he's Doc Ock. He's, you know, Spider-Man's, you know, beat up of the week. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there is a specific thing that he does in the comics. He, in the comic books, he gets very, very sick and he's slowly dying and makes one last run to like basically take over the planet or destroy the planet or what, I forgot exactly what he was doing. But eventually it was all a ploy. Eventually what he does is he takes over Spider-Man's body and becomes Spider-Man. And so he was always this uh, kind of, I don't want to say low-level villain, but he was always this, one of the popular villains that Spider-Man would deal with. Yeah. And, you know, he's creepy because he's got the arms, right? So there's all this handsy stuff going on. But he, And he's always trying to beat up a little kid, you know? Like, Spider-Man is a kid. Mm-hmm. This is a grown man going after this kid, right? I got to challenge that just a little bit, right? Yeah. Like we we know that exactly. The audience knows that. Yes, the villains in the the villains don't know that he's a kid. They don't, you know. So they don't know. So, but you see, that's another kind of creepy aspect. Are they blindly, you know, assuming that he's an adult, or do they just assume that they're an adult? You know what I'm saying? Like, like can they yeah. tell he's a kid and then just pretending that he's an adult? You know what I'm saying? Kind of like. Uh, you know, uh, a little girl with makeup on, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're mm-hmm. just, just going to go along with it. Like, no, I don't know. I don't know if Dr. Octopus really ever knew if Spider-Man was Well, and I guarantee you the writers never thought about it. <laughs> I'm sure. But, I mean, there were times where, like, villains found out if, you know, Spider-Man's like real he's identity. he's just a kid. Yeah. He's just a kid, yeah. So, but, like, the creepy thing about Dr. Octopus taking over Spider-Man's body is... He erased Spider-Man, Spider-Man's consciousness, and then the comic turned into what they called the superior Spider-Man. And so he started doing some real dark shit, right? And uh, I I guess he's he's not a favorite villain. I mean, I thought he was when I started reading it, but then I'm like, damn, this guy's gross. But basically, he starts trying to, like, seduce Mary Jane, using Spider-Man's body, doing all this creepy shit. And then he gives up on Mary Jane, but then like he's able to kind of go through Spider-Man's archive of thoughts. And so he's like invading that area. So this guy, 
You know, as, yeah, as the story goes on, he becomes truly detestable. But eventually, he starts realizing what he's doing is really, really bad, right? And he knows that the world, he, he comes to the, the, the conclusion that the world needs a real hero. Mm-hmm. Someone who has the right thought and the right compassion for the job. And he is not it. He realizes mm-hmm. that the way he does things is not is is not what spider-man should be well and that speaks to man that's the character arc right there is what we were talking about before that kind of places him in that category of he's a he's the bad guy he doesn't necessarily think of himself as the bad guy he's doing things that he thinks are in his in his view virtuous you know like he he's and like that's not an excuse or anything it's just the way it is like he's he's not necessarily aware that he's a villain yeah you know and then he comes he, he makes that transition and makes the realization like okay i'm not a hero you know yeah i'm not the hero that the world needs they need spider-man they need peter parker spider-man mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he gives it up and and let spider-man come back into the into the body but like uh dude man that book like the more i read it the more i was like "Mm, this guy is fucking fucked up like (laughs) this is this is one fucked up villain because he's in kind of like the pedophile category you know what i'm saying he's 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 you know and so he like it's one of the more interesting story arcs that this character has ever had, but it's also one of the most despicable. And uh, to a certain extent, just on the sa- on the face of it, like if you read it without all these thoughts that I'm adding to it, like he, it's a really kind of compelling story, right? But when you think about it, it's just like, man, this guy is a truly detestable human being because he takes over Spider-Man's body. He makes a vow to Spider-Man as he's dying. Oh, by the way, he switched bodies with him. So it's not just he just took over his body. He took his consciousness, stuck it in the Spider-Man, and took Spider-Man and stuck it in his dying body and let let Spider-Man die in the old man Doc Ock's body. Oh. Yeah, dude. It is a fucking oh, dark so story. He, yeah. He, wow. So he's he's a couple things, man. He's a He's a thief of innocence, and he's a thief of youth. Like he took, well, and he's a thief of identity. You identity know? on top he's of that, yeah. Identity thief, but, but in a totally different, darker, deeper way. Yeah, yeah. So like, so he he took away the future of Peter Parker. He took away Peter Parker's identity, future, and all of the possible things, good things that he could have done. And then on top of that, while he was in there, tarnished the reputation of what Spider-Man was. You know, man. So he yeah, is. That's a pretty strong villain call out there yeah yeah man it's the, the more i thought about it, it was just like the more i was like man i don't know if i want to do this podcast anymore I don't, it's just like Ooh. this guy this guy is so dark man you know <laughs> you started you started to have feelings like when we were trying to come up with that comic remember when we we came up with the idea for that comic that's exactly the exactly and, the same thing i was having so we we came up with this I, i'm not gonna go too deep into it but uh-huh. but but 
a long, long time ago in different lifetime, Otraves and I came up with this this comic book villain, and we were gonna like I was gonna write the story, or we were gonna write the story together, and Edgar was gonna uh, illustrate it. You know, was gonna draw the book. And we came up with this this really super creepy villain called Meatbag. Yeah, and and uh, like I I don't really want to dive too deeply into it, but like it, it was based on this phenomenon of like there there are people out there who like are obsessed with amputating their own limbs, like and like they're just compelled to do it they're driven to do it they have this body dysmorphia where where it's just like not nah, this leg just ain't right it's got to go yeah you know and so we came up with this this character meatbag who had who, who like all he had was like one arm and he was super disfigured and anyway like we we were both like doing research into this phenomenon so that we could sh- flesh the character out. And both of us, like at the same time, I remember we came to work one day and I, and I was like, dude, I don't think I can do this. He's like, and, 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 and Edgar was like, no, no, I don't think I can do this either. This is just too dark. Yeah. This is, go- this, is this is, this is really not, it's making me feel wrong. Yeah. You know? And so, so we never went anywhere with it. But I think the concept that it was so troubling to both of us, we were onto something <laughs> that could have been a really successful book, man. I think, I think we should still try. I don't oh. know. I don't know if I can, but yeah, let's keep that in the back pocket. Maybe we'll actually flesh that out one day when we actually grow some balls and try to write a story like that. <laughs> it was, it was all- like a, we've talked about this phenomenon on, on the podcast multiple times. It was like mind virus territory. Yes, yeah. exactly. And that's why we didn't do it. We were afraid yeah. of the of the of the cultural backlash that it could have because we have so much power. <laughs> I was just afraid of how where it was taking my head, man. It was it was driving me into some dark places it was creepy man the idea the ideas that you you and i were coming up with yeah yeah i, yeah. I had i was thinking i gotta draw this shit yeah <laughs> you know, you know yeah. like i like i couldn't do it you know yeah yeah and and like i was coming up with all the scenarios and like like fleshing out these sort of plot lines it was just like i i can't i can't yeah we had plot lines i remember yeah. that yeah we were we yeah. were it was going to be like a cop story kind of and there was going to be victims or no like an investigative story no yeah like and, and it was like this this guy would be like like converting almost like a like an amputation vampire kind of yeah I don't know. Like anyway, we gotta stop. Let's yeah. let's not talk about the villains that never came to be. <laughs> Talking about the villains that actually exist. And, yeah. Anyway, Doc in Oc, pop culture. Doc Ock, Otto Octavius, Otto very, Octavius, yes, very good villain. Even in in the movies too. Yeah. In the movies, he played uh, Alfred Molina, right? Yes. And uh, fantastic. Yeah, I, I really do like uh, Alfred Molina's uh, portrayal of, of Dr. Octopus, although it's a little um, candy-coated in comparison to what Doc Ock is really like in the fucking comic books, as you can tell. But, well, wasn't Doc Ock... Doc Ock was originally in the, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, right? Yeah. And Sam Raimi movies are always a little candy-coated. They've got that that comic strip kitsch to them yeah. you know 
Um, and, and thankfully, because I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't know if people really want to like digest this doc, this version of Doc Ock on in public media or in uh, popular well, media. In a, I mean, obviously there was a book, right? Mm -hmm. There was the the graphic novel, or or was it a series of it was, whatever? It was a, a graphic novel, the, the Superior Spider Man. And so, you know, obviously some people did want to digest that, right? But I yeah. think it, in terms of like film might be a little too heavy duty. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I don't like the idea of anybody taking over anybody's body, uh, not, especially well, after Doc Ock. I, that, that right there leads me to my next villain that I'm going to talk about. What you got? And this one might be a little bit on the obscure side. So uh, there was a... Uh, probably at this point, non-canon Marvel series that ran on FX from 27 to 2019 called Legion. Mm. And number one, it is fantastic and mind bending in all of the ways that everything everywhere all at once was. It is, it's not necessarily interdimensional, but it really probes. It's all, uh, it's the story of our, basically like an anti-hero. Um, and I don't want to give too much away there. There are spoilers that I could give here and I don't want to give them away because I want people to go and, and watch this series. I don't think it was very widely watched. It ran for three, three seasons and, you know, short seasons. We're talking like eight to 10 episodes a season. Um, and I'm going to say some names and people who are in the know from the comics are going to know who I'm talking about. But I'm, you know, I don't want to give any spoilers because I watched the series and I kept seeing that Marvel Studios on the intro. And I was like, I don't know how this ties into the Marvel Universe. I don't know any of these characters. And I made it all the way through the end of the series when the big reveal is made. And it was like, <gasps> and that reveal was so good and so awesome that I want people to go out and watch this series so that they can experience that reveal too. But anyway, the main character is David Haller mm -hmm. and uh, he is a, a, a mental patient. He's a, mentally ill, unwell, uh, multiple different kinds of problems going on there. Sort of a, a kind of sort of multiple personality uh, disorder, uh, dissociative. Um, uh, and so he's something of an unreliable narrator, but the entire series is brought through from that perspective. And so you, I have never been insane to my knowledge, but it does a, I imagine a really, really good job of depicting what it must be like for somebody who has difficulty discerning between reality and what is not, you know? Mm. And so it's very trippy, very, just a wackadoodle show, very trippy. Anyway, the villain from that is the shadow King. Oh, um, really? Known as Amal Farouk who featured is a Marvel super villain featured in dark X-Men and, and whatnot. And he's, basically a telepathic parasite and he has attached himself to this david heller character and at the beginning of the series now don't you you're you're googling I, things I, don't I'm ruin googling. the series i'm not don't, gonna 
I'm don't just ruin this because you have to watch the series. I don't want you to ruin it for yourself. Okay, I won't ruin All it right? for, for myself, but I think I already know kind of at least uh, who like what familial relationships might be in play. God damn it! But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it. I, but I, so. I I might already know because I'm a comic nerd. But I don't know who the Shadow King is. I've he yeah. looks fucked up. So and and he is and and he's really truly like frightening and disturbing and unsettling in this series and he he's a good example of you know he's not a good good example of what what I'm talking about my favorite villains being is people who they don't necessarily know they're 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 bad guys no the, the shadow king is pure pure evil and and so he's like a telepathic parasite who's attached himself not he doesn't have a physical body but he's like attached himself to david's psyche and as it turns out as we're going through like david unbeknownst to himself is a super super powerful mutant like uh in in the marvel universe like potentially the most powerful mutant that has ever been or ever will be yeah he's like an omega level uh mutant and so you and so that evolves throughout the series and you know you you see how the shadow king has kind of warped him and the shadow king ultimately is why he's insane hmm. um and and he's attached himself to this poor guy because he's able to tell like okay this guy's got got the goods you know and the goods start to materialize and start to show themselves and and david is you know again he's not necessarily a hero himself he's not necessarily a good guy at all in the series but he's still the protagonist you Mm -hmm. know um but the the shadow king's absolutely chilling especially the way he's portrayed in the series dude that's a series this series, it, you just people, you have to see it. You have to watch it. It's one of the the trippiest, most mind bending shows I ever watched. The first two seasons are far better than the third. The third isn't bad by any means, but it gets maybe a little bit more traditional, mm. and it's a little less off the wall. But but for the first two seasons legitimately you have no idea what's coming next in every episode it's because it's it's almost totally random it's beautiful i like the idea that there's a story about stuff happening in the marvel universe that not necessarily has to be about superheroes yeah like these people have mutant powers right they're they they got powers but they're not superheroes yeah yeah. they're trying to survive their life right and i I will say so like there is kind of like a superhero team uh in this series but they're not really heroes per se like they're the good guys Mm -hmm. and then there are the bad guys Mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily heroes versus supervillains it's really much more like these are the guys like as we're watching it these are the guys as the viewer whose side we're on and these are the guys whose side we're not hmm. you know uh it's it's just 
so good and then again i gotta come back the whole reason i bring it up is because the shadow king is terrifying so the shadow king is according to what i'm finding on a wikipedia for marvel uh the shadow king is allegedly the multiversal manifestation of the dark side of human consciousness spawned by the first nightmare yeah that is yeah. that is a trippy being he doesn't necessarily actually exist in the solid world yet he's no he doesn't he doesn't have a body yeah and there's a, a at, at some point and you know the things differ between the show and the comics and then the comics retcon each other over time and mm. so like the the origin of this guy was he, he was a guy named amal farouk who basically worked with the nazis in like a paranormal sort of fashion and then he became this telepathic nightmare and then that eventually was sort of retconned into amal farouk just got taken over by this shadow king entity you know, mm -hmm. anyway, yeah, that's, like that's what I'm reading. Yeah, it's that, super trippy, dude. This guy's like the Marvel version of fucking Freddy Krueger. Yeah, yeah, in a lot of ways, just ten times scarier. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, yeah. If you if you haven't seen Legion, you got to watch it. It's uh, it's. I, for one, I love stories that are told from the perspective of an unreliable narrator. And then this series is done from that perspective. And it's done so well that as the viewer, and it's meant to be this way, it's really hard to pick out between, okay, what's really happening and what's a hallucination or a, you know, like it's maybe the best series of the decade Jesus. of that, the 2010 to 2010, 20 decade. I got to check it's, it out. It's potentially my favorite Marvel series, hmm. even though there have been so many of them since Disney plus hit the, hit the streets. You, you like um, that better than Loki? I did. I didn't particularly like Loki. Mm. Uh, I didn't hate it or anything. I just was, you know, a lot of people loved it. I thought it was okay. Hmm. You know, um, I'm going to have to watch this now. You, you, you're placing this above Loki. I got to go check this out. I'm placing it above Loki, but you also have to understand by the time Loki rolled around, I was at Marvel exhaustion, uh, you know, yeah. or at least I was at Avengers exhaustion, you know, I hear you. I, I, I'm kind of there now a little bit, but um, here, why don't we, uh, why don't I share one of mine here? So since you were talking about this nightmare type villain or this villain without a body, I actually have Freddy Krueger on my list. Uh, he's nice. Another, yeah, he's another one. Uh, he's just oh, we're 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 kind of starting to dive back into those. Okay, these were the villains that scared us as kids. Yeah, and this is one of those guys. And he was he you know his creation just in general was such a smart creation i mean think about the fact that there's this monster who can kill you in your sleep he doesn't have a body there's yeah. no way to stop him and every time you think you're done with him he just keeps coming back just keep you can't get rid of him you can't get there's rid no, of him. he he is dreams yeah and so 
I think uh, one of the things that really make him really makes him scary is he goes after children, right? So there's that pedo aspect to him that I despise, but also he he's also a uh, a dream villain, right? So he gets yeah. you when you're at your most vulnerable. Yep. And what does that say about dreams too? He's saying that you're not safe even to dream. You can't dream. Yeah. And what are dreams? Yeah. Dreams, dreams, when we refer to dreams, we're talking about again the future. And the fact that he goes after kids, he's after the the future of these yeah. kids. He's another innocence thief, another future killer. Mm-hmm. You know? But he's also so conniving, so slick, so evil that he does it when you can't defend yourself. And there's yeah. no way to kill him. So how do you destroy a monster like that? There's no way. Yeah. You know, and that's that's terrifying. It know? is terrifying. It's terrifying for children, but also it's terrifying for parents, right? Yeah. Cause like this monster was killed by the parents, right? When he was alive, they got rid of him. That's part of the story in both the yeah. remake and in the old in the old. Yeah, movies. well, his he's coming back to wreak reap his revenge. Yes. On the parents who basically caused his death. Yeah. And how twisted is that? You were already a fucking monster. And now you're coming back for revenge for being a monster. You fucking asshole. (laughs) Stay dead. You know? So it's just, uh, he's, he's terrifying, right? He's super scary. And so, um, I, 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 the reason I bring him up is, well, what, what is it about, uh, these antagonistic forces or these villains, right? These, uh, they're, they're great things to overcome, but what, why is it that Freddy Krueger is the one that you can't overcome? He's always going to be there. So he's one of the, the villains that doesn't turn good. He's not like Venom who eventually becomes a dark hero. You know, he's not like any of these other, uh, uh, villains that have remorse, like fucking Doc Ock, who eventually gives up the spider-man body and let spider-man come back he's not like that at all he he is vengeful oh he's there he's there yeah there is there is no redemption arc for freddy krueger none at all he's a monster he's he is evil he is evil and, and he like he falls into the category of, of villains that i'm kind of tired of really? you know not not freddy krueger in 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 himself like i love freddy krueger as a villain like that's he's amazing but it's like anymore in movies i i i have i get bored really quickly with with stuff that's like here's the bad guy he's the bad guy we say he's the bad guy and you you know he he truly does just enjoy he, he gets his jollies by being evil yeah and there's there's and like there's nothing more to it than that, you know? And like th- that kind of bores me sometimes because like what makes a villain interesting is like something drove them to that. And like Freddie, you know, there is that backstory. Like he was driven to this because he was locked in a burning boiler room, you know? Yeah. But you know, like that, that he's just evil. Like he's, he's, he doesn't just kill these kids. He tortures them. Yeah. 
and and he gets joy out of it you know he does enjoy it he's making jokes the whole time yeah this is yeah. this is funny for him it's um he's a despicable monster for sure uh and and what a what a what a weak monster on top of that to come after not only children right while he won't even face them while they're awake well he can't well he he won't he 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 can i mean there's been moments where he's pulled in he's been pulled into reality and made solid but then he just gets killed and goes back to being a uh, dream monster yeah yeah so yeah cowardly too cowardly on top of it yeah yeah what a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you have a you have a real hard time with this guy. I I had I had a real hard time with a few of these. Like Doc Ock, I'm like, oh Doc Ock, oh yeah, he's funny. And then you start thinking and about him just like, oh That's twisted, yeah. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Uh and, and that's kind of what happened with the rest of my list. Cause I think what happens is I kind of sit here and I analyze this shit a little too much. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And and now and then I, and then I just kind of really really make it dark. <laughs> yeah. You know. Well, uh, all right. So if we're going to go if we're going to start diving into the stuff that like the villains that were really like tough villains, scary villains versus kids. I'll I'll dive I'll dive into that. I'll, uh, I, there were a couple more like in the the more recent realm of villains that i kind of wanted to bring up villains that i just got so much enjoyment out of the way they were shown on screen but <laughs> I'll, I'll dive back and I'll, i'm going to bring it up a notch i'm going to bring it up a notch this was my favorite 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 villain as a kid wiley coyote <laughs> oh i love wiley coyote Let's bring it up a notch. We're gonna we're gonna bring us up out of the darkness a little bit. Yes. I love Wiley Coyote. And especially and and maybe this is where it might have started this kind of fascination with the villains who, you know, as far as they're concerned, they're not villains. Yeah. And realistically, it, Wiley Coyote's not really a villain. He's he's just a villain because he's trying to eat the roadrunner. But that's what coyotes do. Yeah. He's just trying to do what he's supposed to do. He's he's hungry. He wants a meal. Yeah. And the roadrunner looks tasty, you know? And uh and he he's got all of these cunning and conniving schemes and and all of his inventions and uh they all blow up in his face. Yeah. And, and he's, you know, always after the roadrunner and he kind of never learns his lesson, you know. Um but you know, as far as he's concerned, he's not a bad guy. He's just He's just doing what coyotes do. It's what he's supposed to be doing. He's supposed to eat, 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 eat roadrunners, you know? Yeah. He's, I love Wiley Coyote. Absolutely, great. without question, my favorite, as a kid, my favorite of all of those, you know, Looney Tunes, Mary Melodies, um, Warner Brothers cartoons. I love that you brought that guy up. He is like the patron saint of uh, really bad... Um, engineers <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a super genius he's a super genius wiley coyote super genius that's right that's that he likes to say that yeah and, and but i mean i i think one thing that's that's really cool about wiley coyote is that he is he's got a very masculine force right and i know i'm not saying yeah. this uh in in terms of like oh women are this and men are that i'm just saying that when when you ask a dude a question he's just trying to figure out how he can solve it for you 
That's what Wiley E. Coyote is doing. Yeah. He's got a problem. He wants to eat. There's this goddamn roadrunner he's trying to catch. And mm-hmm. so he's obviously figured out that he's not fast enough to catch this cat. So there's got to be another way to catch the food. And that's yeah. where that's. He's, oh, he's building a better mouse trap, or in, in this case, roadrunner trap. But that's what he's doing. Yes. And roadrunner is just living. He's just speeding by and he thinks yeah. all this shit's funny. And he's just. Yeah. It, like, I mean, I mean, it's almost like the Roadrunner is the villain in the story, if you ask me. Well, you know? yeah, I mean, Depending it, it, on your perspective. it's just like, just like with Tom and Jerry, you know, in most of those cartoons, Jerry's a little dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he's a, he's a bastard and he's going out of his way to make this poor cat's life hell. Yeah. And then the, the, Jerry's basically a villain. You yeah. know, and or, or I didn't mean a villain. Jerry's basically a bully. Yeah, he's like a playground bully, who's lashing out at at the the cat at the bigger kid, and then the bigger kid finally reacts. You know, the the J- Tom finally reacts and goes after the mouse, and nobody ever sees all the shit that Jerry did to instigate. <laughs> they just like Tom, you're being an asshole. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh roadrunner coyotes kind of the same dynamic like um you know i the roadrunner there are plenty of instances where the roadrunner like goes out of his way to to like goad wily coyote into into chasing him you know uh and and he's kind of he's kind of a playground bully you know dude uh the, the that scenario where you just say where like it's the one kid poking at the bigger kid and then nobody sees what the little kid sees yeah that was basically my existence oh that was uh, my existence too yeah well, i mean, was seeing that like when me and cousin primo grew up like this shit played out it when i would go over there all the time and like usually it wasn't us it was like all these other little kids that were in the house yeah but this shit this shit happened like this mm-hmm. shit is real shit like yes yes there was always someone causing trouble nobody would yep. see the little troublemaker everybody would see the bigger kid and right. even if you try to explain yourself hey wait a minute look you know he started it they're like yeah. no but you're the older kid you should know better yeah you should know better right exactly or like i would get you know i was always a bigger you know bigger kid you know and, but I like I was uh, I mean I had a temper on me but like I wasn't uh, like I wasn't like a bully type you know mm-hmm. but there would always be some some little dick you know <laughs> that would that would like goad me like you know basically bullying you know that would mm-hmm. that would you know start running running his mouth or or like harassing me or something and then I'd react. And then I'd be the one to get in trouble, you know, Yeah. because nobody ever saw. And, and like, well, the little kid can't possibly be, you know, you're, you're a big kid and you're beating up a little kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's all anybody ever sees. Yeah. And I always hated that shit. I hated it. It was funny when it happened to other people, but if it ever got near me, I hated it. And I'm like, oh, here comes this little asshole. Yeah. 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 Causing trouble. I like mm-hmm. that. I like that one. That made me that cheered yeah. it up. Yeah. See, I wanted to bring the level up. Bring Thank bring you. the level up a little bit. 
Thank you. I appreciate that. Because all, right, all I got is downers on my list. <laughs> Wait, you, you want me to go after another one? You want me to do two in a row to kind of save you from yes. having to go go ugly again? Yes. Go I don't. Ahead. I don't know that I have any. I don't have any more on here. Well, actually, I have one more. This yeah. one. This one should be pretty cheerful for you too. The warden from Riccio. Oh, really? I loved that guy. Come on. Why did Why did you think he was? He, he's uh he's a he's a, a memorable. He's I don't I don't know that he's like an awesome villain, right? <laughs> and and this this list is the, that I put together here isn't necessarily like all chilling, really well fleshed out villains. Some of these are just villains that like I like really resonated with me. I got a lot of I got I got a lot of kicks out of the warden in in Riccio because he's such a scumbag, you know. <laughs> he's, he's such a scumbag, and then at the end, like he's got this superpower where he like turns into this this ridiculous inflatable giant, and then he gets ground into hamburger, you know. Yeah. And uh, I, I, like I. Part of it is I love that movie so much, you know, but because it's such a cartoon, it's like a Kung Fu cartoon. It's, it's like the three stooges do Kung Fu. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and then you've got you, like, you've got this progressions of villains in the prison and that, that Ricky has to make his way through and that he, that he has to fight the warden and like all the warden does, he's got this like massive gun, and and then you know he that like he's got a gun that makes like when he shoots stuff right like they people inflate and then they explode right i don't remember anymore and we just we just did this uh yeah, a review a like couple, last year yeah, Was yeah. It last year yeah but so but that he's got a, like ricky has to fight the warden and then we find out like oh the warden turns into this big like weird kind of rubber suit monster guy mm -hmm. And then, it, like, it, it, it's totally anticlimactic because, like, he turns into this big guy and then Ricky beats the shit out of him and grinds <laughs> him up into hamburger in this, like, massive industrial kitchen grinder, yeah. you know? And it's, like, I just, it's so silly and and really, uh, like, I, I loved it. I loved it because it's just such a stupid villain. I can't, I can't even begin to analyze, like, that, that guy's... Like motivation for shit. Like I, well, oh, they never like they never went into it. All no. like we we talked about this. Like yeah. the whole, that whole movie. Like apparently that prison just existed so that they had somewhere to send Ricky and Ricky could get killed. You know, <laughs> it was like the whole reason the place existed, as far as I could tell. <laughs> oh Jesus! And it's a weird comic too. Like the source material is a little I, I don't think is at all like the comic or like no, the movie like the source material is not comical yeah well it, i mean i don't like even tongue in cheek i don't even think that the stories that happen in the book happen in the movie either no it, it's a complete it has aside from the name and the basic concept that you've got this guy ricky who is is basically superhuman that's that's where the similarities end yeah just yeah name and and powers and that's about it yep man that yep. movie was so nuts <laughs> i i you know you know it's messed up i think we went through this when we did that review for that podcast but i didn't realize it was a comedy 
until you told me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I was taking this whole thing seriously, man. I thought, like, I thought this was like, you know, like people just just doing a really bad job of making a B movie, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, that yeah. So a little bit of that movie flew over my head until I had to have you explain it to me. <laughs> then I, I'm like, it's not a comedy. I'm gonna go look it up, and I looked it up, and I'm like, oh shit, it's rated. It's it's like supposed to be a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> now I have to watch it again. Yeah, With totally, like, totally new eyes. Exactly. Like I, I just <laughs> now I get to laugh, not because it's bad, but because it's supposed to be bad. <laughs> Oh, dude, imagine if, if you watch, like, I don't know, uh, Ten Commandments or something, <laughs> you know, and, and, and took it seriously, you know? <laughs> I think the Ten Commandments is supposed to be a serious movie. No, I'm talking about the, the one with uh, Mel Brooks or not Mel Brooks. Oh, Mel Brooks, The History of the World Part One. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's the equivalent. Like if somebody were to watch the history of the world part one, and think <laughs> this is serious. This is like a like a historical drama. Yeah. Yeah. It might be the same as your experience with Riccio. Yeah. It's it's <laughs> it's like it's like watching Blazing Saddles and thinking it's a documentary. <laughs> goddamn ridiculous uh, dude uh, I, am, I am so stupid sometimes <laughs> well i'm not gonna argue no there's no reason for you to <laughs> we could just agree oh my goodness i am such a dummy oh my goodness okay anyway moving on uh on my list uh back to the downer list uh actually let's go we're gonna keep it light. I'm gonna save the 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 scarier, darker characters uh for as long as I can here. <laughs> um so uh somebody that I have on my list is Syndrome from The Incredibles. As oh, a, cool. Yeah. That's a good pick. I liked him because he's an interesting cat. He wanted it to be special. Yeah. He and wanted to be a hero. He yeah. wanted to be a hero. And he he wanted like this these are some of his words too like he says he wanted to be special and uh was mr incredible didn't see him as such so he went ahead and made it so that he can make everybody special and if <laughs> everybody's special that means no one is yeah right you know so oh, dude i'm sorry right now i so I had some really super spicy Thai food for dinner. And, and while I was laughing at you. You rubbed about, your eyes. Uh, yeah, I was laughing at, at, at you being being really <laughs> ridiculous about Riccio. And I rubbed my eyes. And now my eyes are on fire. <laughs> you just, you just pepper getting, sprayed yourself? I'm getting my comeuppance. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. We all get a turn. Everybody gets a, a shot at the comeuppance, but yeah. So like so syndrome, syndrome, yeah. Syndrome, Syn syndrome just wants it so that nobody is special, right? Because and, he was denied that. Yeah, and uh, man, that. So in that movie, when they introduce the kid, and he's basically like demanding 
he just shows up and demands that he's Mr. Incredible's sidekick. Exactly. You know? And and Mr. Incredible's like, no, that's not how this works, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I, I get, I get to decide who's my sidekick. And, and so like you're, and, and Mr. Incredible kind of does some shitty things to the kid. You yeah. know, let's, let's be fair. He doesn't exactly treat him respectfully, you know, but the kid keeps coming back and then the kid ends up screwing up the Mr. Incredible's victory or, or whatever. Yeah. He's trying to capture uh bomb voyage. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so like you get the backstory of why, why syndrome has this, this philosophy and yeah, it was really well done. And the characters is good. It's, he's very good. And then he kind of does to some degree fall into that category of in his perspective, he's not the bad guy. Mm -hmm. All he's doing is trying to level the playing field. There's virtue it, from his perspective. There's virtue in in what he's doing, even if he has to fight the whole world to get it. Yeah, and and so like he that classic villain, like he loses the perspective that he needs to realize, dude, you've now become the bad guy. Yeah, and and the funny thing is too is it's like. There are aspects of of what you're talking about where he's he doesn't understand that he's the villain because he's he's doing some of these things and he has this perspective, yep. but then he's also very selfish, right? Yeah. Because one of the things he does is he puts the city in danger. He releases a monster. Yeah. That only he can destroy. Right. But then yep. the monster is like a self evolving monster, mm-hmm. or or the robot, I should say. And so the robot evolves to beat syndrome yeah and now nobody can beat him right right so Mm -hmm. now not only is not anybody special but now there's a villain that nobody can beat right yeah and so syndrome syndrome created a problem from the kind of the same ethos i guess that he exists from right yeah yeah and you know it's right like he started from and he is selfish. He's he's a selfish, spoiled brat. Mm-hmm. Even as a kid, because you'd have to be a selfish, spoiled brat to just assume that, you know, just because you want this thing, it means that everybody else wants it too. You know, mm-hmm. that you know it, that's like the inability to see beyond the perspective of of your own self. You know. And, uh, and, you know, he starts out, he wants to be a hero and in order to be a hero, he gives himself these, these jet boots, right? Well, there's more to being a hero than just having jet boots. And he doesn't, he's a kid, so he doesn't understand that. He doesn't understand that there's, you know, that the, the reason Mr. Incredible is like, I don't want you as a sidekick is because you're going to get hurt kid. Like you're not a super, you have jet boots that what we do here is dangerous mm-hmm. and you're going to, you're going to get yourself killed. And then I'm going to feel horrible about it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and you know, he can't get that because he's a spoiled brat. And then obviously like he never gets past that. So he goes from wanting to be a hero 
to wanting heroes to not exist. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's a it's it's actually a, I mean it's it's simple, but it's a really good character arc. Yeah. Yeah, and it and you know that whole theme of like what it would happen, what would it be like when there are nobody, there are yeah. no special people, right? There's no heroes. They they you know, uh, Mister Incredible gets sued, and then all yeah. heroes have to go away because of it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so now the world doesn't have any special people, and not mm-hmm. only that, but they have to run around hiding not only their their identities but their powers. They can't right. use their powers. They can't risk being exposed and then mm-hmm. running into problems. So like uh, syndrome, syndrome is on the other end of that spectrum where of, of not wanting special people. He wants everyone to be special. Yeah. Whereas the world that was created because of his interference was there are no special people. Right. You right. Know? You know what it kind of, it, in some ways, you know what the, that, that portion of the plot line of the Incredibles reminds me of the movie, big man, Japan. <laughs> I love that movie, which is, that is another real wackadoodle movie, but it's great. It's yeah. great. It's totally ridiculous. And it's great. But like, yeah, you have this world where, you know, it's the idea of you have Tokyo and Tokyo's or not just Tokyo, but you have Japan and Japan is always under attack by giant super monsters. And so you have, <laughs> you have these superheroes that fight the, the monsters. And one of them is big man, Japan, and he's just sort of a, a dummy and a scumbag. <laughs> and, and, but, but what he does, he just, he, he has the power to get real big and then he has a club and he, beats the monsters up but, but they but he's totally unpopular and everybody hates him uh, because when he fights the monsters he always ends up destroying half the city you know? <laughs> and and like that's kind of like similar to the incredibles like the reason that the heroes kind of get outlawed is because you know people get hurt yeah you know yeah so uh what do you have on your list Oh man, I don't know if I want to. Well, we're going dark again. Like, I don't know if it's. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of dark. It, I'm going off of the off the uh, the to- a little bit off topic here because I'm not going with like super villains or comic book villains. Uh-huh. I'm going with just a a real despicable guy. He's like the antagonist in the villain in the movie. Um, but he's not like a super villain or anything. No, that's that's cool. Do you ever see the movie Whiplash? Uh, is that Whiplash was uh like Damien Chazelle's sort of debut feature film? It's about it has Miles Teller in it and J.K. Simmons as so Miles Temer Miles Teller is this jazz drummer. Mm. And he's he works really hard and he gets into this prestigious jazz school. And Fletcher is the the director of the the elite jazz band. And so the Miles Miles Teller's character, I can't remember his name, but uh Andrew, there you go. Andrew gets a chance to be the fill-in drummer on this elite jazz band. And Fletcher is this just overbearing, abusive, sort of like Gordon Ramsay kind of character, mm, you know? Okay. His whole philosophy uh, on on getting the performance that he wants out of 
his students is to basically browbeat them and break them down and uh, like apply so much pressure that they turn into diamonds, you know, Jesus Christ. And, and it's like, it's, it's the music in the movie is fantastic. At least if you like jazz Uh, and, and, but it's not a movie that's about jazz at all. It's a movie that's basically about emotional abuse. And, and so like Fletcher, there is no question that Fletcher is a villain and he's in this position of authority and, and sort of reverence too, um, where, where all of the students at this school are dying for his approval. Uh, and like quite literally dying, like they're like, people are having like physical ailments because they, they, and mental, emotional ailments because they spend so much time trying to perfect their playing and trying to perfect a certain piece and get it to specifically what, what this guy wants it to be. And like, like he saps all the joy out of it. And it's all about, you know, basically in order to play music the way that he wants with this kind of precision that he's after requires these students to become mechanical and machines, you know? Mm. And, and I, I feel like, and, you know, I might be projecting, but like, this is my own analysis of the movie is that what's happening is he's, he's taking the joy that is inherent in the music and perverting it into this, this, you, you have to be a machine and, you know, you have to like, like, I'm going to browbeat you and, and shame you and make you feel so awful until you don't feel anything in, uh, anymore at all. That's and all cool. you, and all you can do is basically be a human metronome. So, you know, what do you, and, what do you think is the motivation for this character to be um, this way? I, uh, power guy likes power the guy likes being being in authority he likes being revered and to be fair i mean there's from what i understand there's a lot of that in in music mm-hmm. and and in the creative arts like there's a lot of that where where well i mean think about it on on uh, i think about it in terms of when i was doing comedy um like it it stems from this philosophy that you know, we've all heard it. It's this, and I feel like it's it's just the ultimate fallacy. But you hear people talk about the grind. Mm-hmm. Like you got to go out there and you got to grind. You know, it's got to be everything all the time. And you 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 have this single point of focus. It's all you care about. It's all you think about. It's all you do. It's all everything that your energy goes into. Right. And, and everything has to be about the grind. You got to grind it out. And and that's kind of this guy's whole being is he's he's grinding on these kids and and, and making sure that they're grinding, too, you know, mm-hmm. and like I, I personally like like that's how I approached comedy, at, le- at least for the first several years that I was doing it. It was it was the grind. Everything's got a like single single point of focus to the detriment of all other aspects of your life, you know? Yeah. And at the end of it, like 
no matter how good or successful you get, that grind is going to destroy it for you. And ultimately, like my take on the movie Whiplash, I feel like so at the end of the movie, um, the kid ends up. Uh, I'm trying to remember if he 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 either dropped out or he got expelled from the program. Okay. From you know, and then like so he goes back home and he's 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 living at home with his dad again, and he's not really drumming because the whole thing's been poison for him, you know. And then he runs into this guy at like a coffee shop. And they're talking and the guy, the guy is like, um, well, I'm doing this show and I need a drummer. You're talking about do- Fletcher. Yeah. Fletcher. He runs into the, and, and Fletcher's like, I'm doing this show with my band. We're doing, we're doing the song whiplash and I need a drummer. Why don't you come, you know, why don't you come and fill in, you know? And the kid's like, oh my God, you know, because he's getting, he's getting that approval, mm-hmm. you know? And so he shows up to the show and he's, he's prepared and he's practiced his piece and he's, he's got it down and they start the Fletcher, they get out on stage and like, it's at Carnegie hall. I think it's like a big deal. It's a big deal show. And they get out on the stage and Fletcher cues up the song and the band starts playing and it's not the song. It's a totally different song. So ultimately what it was is like Fletcher was exacting a, a sort of revenge, like bringing this kid out to humiliate him in front of a, a like crowded theater, like very publicly, like basically trying to destroy him, you know, pure wow. evil. And of course the kids start like he's lost and he's flubbing and he doesn't know. He doesn't know the piece Mm -hmm. and like Fletcher makes a big scene of like in front of he's, he's conducting the, the band and he just makes a big scene of just like calling it off and like, just makes him, makes him cut in front of the whole audience. And uh, the kid kind of panics and like all eyes are on him. And, um, and he has this moment where he kind of is just like, you know what? Fuck it. And he just starts playing the song that he came there prepared to play. And like play just uh, like kind of takes over the situation. He takes the power away from Fletcher. Hmm. And you can see like and and he starts playing and he's really phenomenal. And then the like Fletcher kind of panics and he just like waves the rest of the band on like, okay, start playing. And like he, the drummer, the kid who's the drummer is leading the whole, he he's clearly in charge. He's taking charge of it. And like the crowd is into it. He's it's this amazing performance. Right. And if it had ended right there, the movie, it, it would have been a story of triumph. Right. Mm-hmm. In the, it, it ends up being a real tragedy. Because the way it ends is Fletcher gives him this nod of approval and and starts like giving him cues to be like, okay, okay, now now bring it up. 
and and kind of like very subtly takes that control back and turns it back around to where like now it's all about the kid getting his approval again. It's not about the kid proving him wrong and proving him proving that he's got the medal on his own and that he can play. It's about Fletcher conducting him. Mm. And it, now now he's just another he's he's a marionette on Fletcher's strings again and that's how the movie ends and I felt like it was it was so tragic. Jesus. So this guy is a manipulator and a yeah, a exactly. thief of dreams, a thief, a thief of joy. Yeah, exactly. He just and he doesn't even want to like live off of your joy. He just wants to keep it from you. Exactly. Really, that's that's it. He it, it's not like he's trying to take it, it. He doesn't want it for himself. He just doesn't want you to have it. Yeah. Yeah. What a disgusting fuck. And and like it was <laughs> it, and it, like and I loved that movie. I loved that movie because of that, because it yeah. was like it was it really well directed and, and well written. And, you know, it's so subtle that I think there were there were a lot of people who didn't necessarily pick up on that at the end that Fletcher still won. Yeah. He took you that know, moment from that kid. He he took it. He the kid had his moment and took everything away from Fletcher, and won. And then Fletcher just had this this seed of, you know, he knew the seed was still in there. In the kid's mind, and just took it over. And now, you know, he, the kid had a minute and a half of being his own man. And then Fletcher took it away from him. And the kid didn't even realize it. No. Because the movie ends with him having a massive smile on his face. Yeah. And is it's it's truly tragic. It's um and I would love it's never gonna happen, right? But I would love it if somehow Damien Giselle heard this podcast and heard my my assessment of it and was like yes that's exactly right that's exactly what what the end of the movie meant it would it would be very validating because i've i've seen a lot of reviews of the movie where it's like they don't they didn't have that takeaway hmm. and they it's so subtle they maybe missed it dude man that i think the the more i think the sadder part of this particular villain is that it's not so far-fetched no it happened this type of thing happens all the time there are people like this in the real world They're, who just want to keep you from being happy yeah, they don't for, they don't care if they are anything they just don't want you to have it right yeah it's it's like that there's that old meme where there's like it's a kid's yearbook picture and it has his quote underneath it where it's like it's not enough that i should succeed others must fail yes you know there's a lot of there there's a lot of people out there like that where where their own success isn't enough like they they have to see other people suffer and fail i don't get that at all i don't understand why the fuck he would give a fuck you know because he's warped you know in his own yeah. way he's psychotic you know oh for sure he's a psychopath jesus christ man i highly recommend watching the movie i'm gonna even watch if, it even if you're not into jazz you mm -hmm. know it's it's a really tense really interesting movie jesus
So I have a couple more guys I want to, or actually like three more guys I want to mention, but I know we've been on here for a while. So I'm just going to, I'm going to try to run through these two real fast. And then I'm, I'm going to run through mine a little faster just so that I can. Yeah. Uh, and then I'll, I'll just run through, I'll, I'll go with two more and they go together. Okay. So like these two that I'm going to give next, they kind of go together because they're similar in some ways. And in fact, one is based on the other. So there is Lord Voldemort oh. from Harry Potter. And there's also Orochimaru from Naruto. So Orochimaru was actually created because of Lord Voldemort. The, the, really? From my, yeah. From my understanding, the creator of Naruto created Orochimaru basing him off of Lord uh, Voldemort. Now, I mean, we all know who Lord Voldemort is. He's the main antagonistic force or evil villain in the Harry Potter franchise. But Lord Voldemort is is a few things, right? I mean, he is he's the unkillable monster, right? He keeps coming back, right? He's, yep. he's in every fucking yep. movie yep. as the villain, even though they have that, that red herring. Uh, I forgot the name of the character, but like the, the doctor, the, the professor of dark arts or whatever. Quirrell. Well, yeah. yeah, Professor Quirrell. Yeah. Who's in the first one. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to be a Harry Potter nerd. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I am. I just still love the stuff. They're going to, they're going to reboot the franchise, but we'll see how that goes. But um, anyway, so Lord Voldemort, he is, he is a murderer, right? But he's also, he, he also embeds himself in these whole crocs, right? Yeah. And allow right. him to come back. Right. And so he is, but he, he, he's, a grown man and he continues to haunt the I shouldn't say haunt exactly, but he continues to attack the uh, children. Children, exactly. But the 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 school, I forgot the name of the school. Hogwarts. Hogwarts. He continues to attack Hogwarts. There's all the wizarding world that he could be attacking. He could be attacking, you know, yeah. the, the the Muggles. No, he's not the the Muggles. He's not attacking them. He wants to mess with this school, right? Yeah. Why? Because again, I think I have a theme here. I don't mean to have, but like he's another one of these thieves of the future, right? Yeah, he's, right. he's one of these. I guess it's because I'm a parent now that or, this is such a, a problem for me. <laughs> but you know, this you know, this is a parent's nightmare. This guy, he comes after the school and he comes after your kids. Yeah, and he wants to take. He's the boogeyman. He's the boogeyman, and he wants to take stuff from your kids. Yeah. Right? He wants to take away their future, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's all different ways you can kind of read into that. And I think this this is like a constant theme with supervillains or villains in general is they never get over their like adolescent angst. Yeah. You know, like whatever whatever drove them to depths when they were an adolescent. They, they never transcended that. They never really grew up they, and they're holding on to that. And that's what kind of forms their entire persona is some kind of hurt or pain from when they were uh, a kid or, or they lost something and it broke them forever, you know? So uh, along those lines, I saw a meme on Instagram not too long ago and I wish I would have saved it. But it hit me so hard. And basically what the meme said was, 
you know, the, the villain arc and the hero arc are very similar, Mm -hmm. right? They usually even sometimes have the same experience, except they have different outcomes. Yep. And the outcome is one is I want to get back right at society or that person or everyone or anyone for the shit that happened to me as a kid. Mm -hmm. But the hero is like, I don't want to ever let what happened to me as a kid happen to anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's really, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a meme that moved me. I can't even say it, but I mean, that's, that's what makes a hero, right? Yeah. They want to keep. The hero wants to protect. Yeah. Well, he wants to not let anyone else experience what you, what that bad experience had. Yeah. And the villain either, either wants everybody to suffer in the same way or wants to take away because they, because of whatever happened to them, they can't experience joy. Mm -hmm. And so they want to take that away from everybody else. Yeah. They want to take that, that opportunity from other people. And so Mm -hmm. that's, you know, that's what these villains are, right? They're just, they, they're similar to their, to their hero counterparts. They're just, they decided to do something else with their, with, with their motivation, right? Yeah. But uh, uh, going on to Orochimaru, Orochimaru was based on Lord Voldemort. He's even got like a snake motif that he'll turn into a snake throughout the series. But he is also unkillable. But the way he comes back is instead of like using a whole crocs, he, he embeds himself in a new kid. So oh. he'll, he takes a kid, he grooms him, he makes him as powerful as he can get him. And if he likes what he sees, then he puts his soul inside that kid and takes that kid's future, takes oh, that kid's wow. body over. That's yeah. dark. That's it's really super, dark. He is a creepy ass fucking villain. And, uh, but think about all the things he's again, like a Freddy Krueger. He's a monster that takes away the future of, of other kids. But he, not only that, but he grooms you. He, he gets you to your highest potential. And he does that a few different ways with training, with, with experiments, with, yep. with uh, other, other awful things. He does surgeries on some of these kids. Jesus. And then if he likes the outcome, he will take over your body. That's wild. Yeah. He is incredibly awful. And like, um, not unlike Lord Voldemort, who wants to like, you know, continue to like, he embeds himself in people, right? He embedded himself in the back of that one dude's head. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, and originally, I don't know. Go ahead. He was part of him was embedded in Harry. Exactly. I was yeah. about to see that. That's what that lightning yeah, bolt is. Land, yeah. That's some creepy stuff. Yeah. And so like this, I mean, you love the hate Orochimaru, right? He mm-hmm. is, he mm-hmm. is awful. He's creepy. And everybody loves to see the shit get kicked out of this thing. Right. Yeah. But you know, if you think about all the awful, because he's done a few awful things. He is a horrific villain. And I don't think people take it seriously enough because it's it's an anime. Because it's an anime. But if you made this a live action movie. Like this guy would be terrifying. Yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to get a rating on these movies, man. 
Now I got to watch My Hero Academia. Well, that's Naruto. Oh, that's, yeah. Well, now, now I got to watch Naruto. Well, I mean, the character, the main villain in My Hero Academia is very similar. He's exact. Oh. He's the same fucking thing. He is also a groomer of children, and he 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 gets some. He makes. He does also. He he does. He's very similar to Ochimaru. He does several things to to uh, kids, and he grooms them. He, he he does. He trains them. He you know performs surgeries on them, and then when he gets to a certain point, he takes over their body just like a Rochimaru. but. One of the other things that this villain does, the villain I'm talking about, his name is All for One, because he he takes everybody's powers for himself. Yeah, and then he will choose who he gives power to, and it's usually one of his mindless little underlings. And then, and then he takes it back, and he can take it back if he wants. Yeah, but not only that, but once he gives you power, he also has a psychic connection to you. So he will always be able to be in your head after Dude. he gave you that power. That's chilling. Yeah. And this, and this villain is, is scary, ugly too, man. He's got like, like almost <laughs> no face and he wears a suit, you know, it's just like, what the fuck? Ah, but yeah, like my hero academia has one of some of the most horrifying villains. Um, yeah, but he is also another dream killer, future killer. Yeah. Stealer of dreams, yeah. Stealer of abilities, stealer of dreams. All right. Well, I'm going to go. Here's my number one villain of all time. Number one villain of all time, Kreblante from One Punch Man. <laughs> no, I'm not serious. No, uh, I'm just messing around. I loved around. it. I was like, but I, lo- I, I love wanted to Kreblante. go on that ride. I wanted, yeah. to, I wanted to go on that ride. I love Kreblante, but there's, there's no <laughs> ride to go on. Kreblante lasts for at what 30 seconds like it's, <laughs> it's, it's just but he's so ridiculous it's so ridiculous that that's the first guy that one punch man has to face is a, a human crab hybrid man yeah but has really no no powers or anything he's just uh and he's wearing tidy whities yeah and like he's it's just <laughs> fantastic yeah no. Uh, this isn't my number one villain of all time, but I want to end on on this one. This is where I'm going to go because it is a little bit lighter, maybe a little bit because it's a childhood thing. I, when we were talking about everything, everywhere, all at once, and I said, we're going to come back to uh, short round. Uh, this is Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And they're, they're two, really two main villains in that movie. One, right at the very very beginning, you got Lao Che, who, you know, Indiana Jones is making the trade with him for uh, Nerhachi, is like the the, the ashes of an old uh, Chinese emperor. And he's making an exchange for this diamond called the, I think it's the Eye of the Peacock. I'm not sure. I can't remember. But uh, but then uh, Lao Che poisons Indy and he he's like, OK, give me the diamond back and I'll give you the antidote for the poison you just drank. And like, it's just it's, it's just a great, like classic pulp sort of vic- uh, 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 villain moment, you know, uh-huh. is you just got this really crafty crime lord taking advantage of the situation and double dealing. And there's there's a, the chase through the city of Shanghai. And then, you know, right as Indy is getting away, he's climbing on a plane and he kind of gives Lao Che this kind of smart aleck, like, you know, see in hell. And he gets... <laughs> 
he gets on the plane and then what you see is on the side of the plane it says Lauche air transport and, and, and you know Lauche is just just laughing and then you know uh he's the kind of guy he's a crime lord who has the power to get on the radio and tell the pilots of that plane like when you're over the mountains jump out of the plane so that it crashes and kills dr jones and you know <laughs> and like that that's just that's awesome you know like it, it, it and for a role that that was in the movie for all of like 12 minutes maybe like you you just got to appreciate how well written and well acted that villain was that that guy stuck with me since I was what was was uh Temple of Doom would have been what like 1984 85 something like that and that guy stuck with me that long you know uh but then you have the real villain of the movie who is really creepy and really terrifying and falls into the category of he doesn't necessarily think he's doing anything wrong is uh molaram mm. and molaram is uh the the leader of the the kind of cult of kali and and he's the guy everybody you got to remember molaram he's the guy that reaches into your chest and pulls your st like with the fingers and he has a yeah. chant and he pulls your still beating chest out of your heart or, or your still beating heart out of your chest and holds it in front of your face you know uh -huh. and uh and that guy, I had nightmares about that guy as a kid. <laughs> I truly, truly did. Wow. But also, but also another example of like the actor was absolutely convincing and absolutely chilling, you know. And I've I've watched that movie recently and it holds up. It's not cartoonish. The guy it, it's really, really good. And and he's again, like he's very aware that he's doing villainous things that are uh, that are evil you know uh -huh. but his whole the whole reason he's doing it and it kind of kind of i'm gonna circle back to rrr here it he even has like a um a speech that he gives to indy about what it's all about and and he's like basically we're taking India back, you know, like huh. I am going to use these powers. We're going to un unleash this supernatural, these supernatural forces. And we are going to take India back. Huh. It's, it's, it's all about like his, his aims are, are about, you know, Indian independence from, from the British. And, huh. and so like, he's a villain but from his perspective, maybe he's not such a villain, you know? Yeah. Huh. I didn't I don't remember that part. It's a very it it's it's a very small speech, and I may be attributing more to it than there was. You know, I may be projecting a little bit. Mm -hmm. But that's what I that's really what I you know. It it wasn't necessary his goal wasn't necessarily to like take over the world as you know the the with the power of kali uh it, it was um he, he, he it was all about we're taking india back huh 
I don't remember that at all. I just remember him ripping people's hearts out of his chest. It's easy to miss. It's easy to miss, especially if you're not paying attention to it. Yeah, and because I was you, a have, little kid. you have no context of uh, British imperialism in, his, in in India, but then you go and you watch a movie like RRR, and then you then after that you watch Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, and it's like, oh, <laughs> maybe, interesting. Maybe Indiana Jones isn't such a nice guy. I guess in all this, <laughs> Indiana Jones is not a hero <laughs> in any of the movies. He's kind of a jerk. Yeah, but that's why we 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 enjoy the character. That's why we love him. Yeah. yeah. So I got two more, and I'm gonna run through them real quick, and that'll be it. Um, unless you got more, but um, <clears throat> so I have Agent Smith from Ma- the Matrix. He's on my list too. Yeah. So like, he is, you know, the he is the absolute like symbol of of being afraid to lose yourself in the system With- being afraid to lose yourself in the system and being afraid to accept change Accept mm-hmm. that there are maybe forces and people out there who don't fall into your neatly categorized view of the world yeah yeah and he's he is uh, a little bit of a racist too, because remember he doesn't like humans. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But he's also a program. Yeah, and he's th- he's doing his job mm-hmm. as far as he's concerned. He's doing he he has a singular purpose, and this is what he's here to do, and he's going to do it. Well, that's what happens to him in that's who he is in the in the first Matrix. Mm-hmm. But as he becomes. Uh, as he evolves or degenerates, I, I guess I don't know how you would uh, refer to his transformation, but I guess transformation. But as he transforms, he becomes this virus. Yeah, that that can basically turn everybody into the same person, and even even the Matrix itself doesn't want that. Right, the Matrix still needs everybody to be pretty individualistic in mm-hmm. order for the machine to continue working if mm-hmm. everybody does the same job the matrix can't use that they're going right. to lose stock right right so they even the matrix is like hey neo get this fucker out of here you know we'll make a <laughs> yeah. deal with you you know yeah and so that is part of i guess the revolving cycling program too but i don't even know see the matrix is another the matrix itself is another villain in all this right but like, uh, but like, I don't even know if if that whole cycle of where he needs to kill Smith is part of the program cycle that they go through, right? Because you know, again, when we see the Matrix, it's the sixth iteration of of Neo, right? So I, I don't I don't know. I, it's it's not clear to me whether or not Smith is an ongoing issue with the Matrix. But regardless, I mean, he's horrifying, right? I mean, not nearly yeah. as scary as all the other ones. Unstoppable, unkillable. Yeah. Yeah. And, multi- yeah. and it multiplies, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a disease. It's the disease you don't want to catch, right? right. Yeah. A classic villain trope. Unstoppable, unkillable. And once you think you've defeated him, he comes back in a different way. Yeah. 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 
So uh, that's that's one. And the last one I have on my list, I got a bunch of honorable mentions that I don't really want to dive too deep in, but we can mention them after afterwards. But um, I got the last one I want to talk about is Omni Man from the Invincible series. He's Omni Man. He, oh, yes. okay, from Invincible. Okay, yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. So yep. he is, you know, your classic bad dad. He he yeah. means well. He wants the best for his child, mm-hmm. but he is incapable <clears throat> of 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 giving his child the guidance in a in a way that is. Uh, I don't know. Helpful, yeah. I guess. Or, uh, yeah, he's another example of he's got a job to do. Mm. And as far as he's concerned, he's doing that job. Yeah. You know? And he's he, and it's explicit in that. Like he doesn't think he's a bad guy. No. He's he's here to do a job and and he's doing that job fairly well, actually. Mm-hmm. And um and now everybody and his own son is trying to screw that up. Yeah. And, you know, of course, you know, from the viewers, from our perspective, he's he is a bad guy because he's trying to take over the earth, you know? Yeah. Um, but he, he he's also a really bad dad because he wants he wants his son to help him uh, take over the world. Yeah. And when his son doesn't comply, he beats him. Yeah. He beats him brutally. Yeah. Yeah. And. And, you know, it's because as I was watching that, I was like, you've raised this kid this whole time and taught him that your role and his role are to be the protectors of Earth and the protectors of humanity. And what your your expectation is that you're going to just tell him one day, like, okay, so all of that, like, we're actually here to take over. And, and, uh, you know, this is, this is going to be our planet and we're, you're, you're going to help me take it over. Like, well, but you've, you've programmed him for what, 15, 16 years to think exactly the opposite thing, you know? Yeah. So like, why, why would you expect him to go along with it? Yeah. He should have been. And not for nothing, he's half human. Yeah. So. He should have been training him to take over the world from the very get-go. Yeah. He wouldn't if, have this if trouble. That's, if that's what your expectation was, you know, like, yeah, you, you kind of shouldn't be keeping that a secret, dude. Like, yeah. at least not from him. Yeah. Not but, if you need him. Well, he made a mistake and he raised a superhero instead of a villain. Instead of a villain. Right. Yep. But he didn't realize that what he was doing is wrong. But he yeah. knew because he kept it a secret, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he, he, he knew. Yeah, he he knew that uh, his family wouldn't be able to understand. You know, but in that he shouldn't have had a family. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. He's uh, and and he's actually he's he's one of those villains like we said that doesn't really realize he's a villain, but he knows he's doing he he's messed up. Because at the end of the, at least in the animated series, he leaves the planet. Yeah. He knows he did something wrong. Yep. Even if he can't, even if he can't express it for himself, he knows right. something's wrong. He feels it and he left. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's what happens when a bad parent, you know, abuses their child, right? Or beats their child like that. Sure. They're, they They probably have a moment of like, well... 
I know this is wrong. Yeah. And he probably leaves a room or something. I don't know. It, that's again, I guess I'm looking at, at these villains from a perspective of a father. Cause I would hate, I would hate for any of these villains to actually exist in real life, but also I would hate to be a bad father. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I wrestle with that, you know, because they're definitely like, I, I hate to think about it. You know, there've definitely been times where I have behaved inappropriately as in my role as a parent, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not, I'm not saying like anything really horrific, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, but, but stuff that's like, okay, you know what, that, you know, sometimes you get mad and you scream, you know, sometimes you snap, you know, and like, no, I'm, I'm never physically or anything like that, you know, but like, you know, sometimes you say things and it's like, okay, that's too far, you know? Yeah. Sometimes you, sometimes your kids just get you. And sometimes they <laughs> and do. And you, and you, you don't react the right way. Yeah. Because you're not always expecting it, you know? Yeah. And then, and it's our job and, as parents to keep that stuff in check. And like there, there are plenty of times. And I mean, I would imagine any parent probably has this. There are plenty of times where like I think about it and I wince because it's like, yeah, it was kind of villainous. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. You know, there are plenty of times where, where, you know, uh, you just, do things that are inappropriate, you know, you like you shame the kid in public or something, mm-hmm. you know, like, and, and I'll think about those things and I, I wince a little bit and it's like, ah, that wasn't right. You know? Yeah. I've made mistakes. Uh, one thing I do do, especially, especially if it's really wrong, really stupid, I go and apologize. I say, Hey, look, Oh yeah. There's better ways of handling this. I didn't handle this yeah. right this is not the way a person should act yeah. or this, this is, this happened or whatever. There's also been moments where I'm like, you guys are driving me nuts. Please yeah. leave the room. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, you have got me up to here. And if you guys don't want to see me turn into an asshole, leave the room, you know, like right now, like, please stop talking. No, no, I don't want to hear it. I, I know you got reasons. It's like, the bathroom is a mess. You guys flung poo on the ceiling. I don't know how I got there. I don't want to know right now. I'm just going to sit in here and be angry. Please go to the next room. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and it's just, uh, yeah. I, I've done that a little bit where it's just like, just leave. Or you know what? You guys stay here. Don't follow mm-hmm. me. Don't talk to me. I'm going to go think about this for a sec. Yeah. I don't want to lose it. But yeah, I've lost it. I've lost it because yeah. I'm in the car. And they're going nuts back there. Yeah. Stop talking. I'm trying to yeah. drive. I think I'm going to crash. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. Just like- yeah. No, there, there are times where you just, you just, you lose it mm-hmm. because they push your buttons. And it's like, like, again, there, there are times where I think about them and I was like, oh, that's, that was like one step too far. Or, mm-hmm. you know, that either borders on or crosses the line of being like emotionally abusive, you know? Yeah at least in my mind. And, and I have plenty of my friends tell me that I tend to be a lot meaner to myself in my head than, than is strictly necessary. You know, like I, I tend to, to put a little color on things that maybe weren't there because I like to torment myself. I don't know. That is, that is 100% probably true. 
Um, I, I think my daughter is like super resilient because mm-hmm. I've said some things to her and I remember going back and saying, Hey, you know, like this thing. And she's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I've had that with the boy. I've had that with the boy where it's like, I apologized for something, you know, well after the fact. Yeah. And his response is like, I, I don't know what you're talking about, but thank you for the apology, you know? <laughs> and, it, and it's just like, okay, maybe I am a little bit more critical of myself than I need to be. You know, I don't know. And maybe that's what will keep us from being bad parents, right? I don't the know. Fact, I hope so. The fact that we're willing to be like self-examining, you know, we're willing to look at ourselves and, and be critical. Yeah. You know? I think if we're not aware of that, you know, then maybe we are bad parents. <laughs> yeah. If you're not at least a little bit of afraid of being a bad parent, maybe you. Then you're a bad parent. Yeah. Then you're probably a bad parent. Oh, I'm a great yeah. parent. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you did you want to did you have another one or did you want to no, go? Through I mean, I, like there are a couple others here, but I'm looking at them now and the, I'm very happy with the ones that I like. I would have brought up like Norman Osborne. Mm. You know, uh, we could at least from the movies. I, you yeah. know, I, I'm not really that familiar with Green Goblin in the comics, uh-huh. but in the movies, Willem Dafoe's version of Green Goblin was priceless. Yeah, surprisingly, and, in the comics, Green Goblin isn't really like as disgusting as uh, they made Doctor Octopus be. Green, Green Goblin is very similar to, in some ways, as um, Lex Luthor. He's just a rich yeah. guy scientist yeah sucky yeah. dude <laughs> and then and I, I was gonna like maybe bring up katano from battle royale the teacher from oh, battle royale oh yeah yeah he's a villain i don't i barely remember him being in the movie we oh, gotta yeah. do that movie he's, by the way he's a bad guy yeah, yeah he's he, he instigates the whole thing but anyway no like i'm very happy with where we went and what i talked about and and uh if there's takeaways that i want people who are still listening which is maybe not because we're what two hours in but like if there's anybody still listening takeaways go watch legion if you haven't watched legion you have to watch it you have to watch it yeah and wiley coyote is maybe the best cartoon character ever yeah the patriot saint of bad engineers there you go <laughs> well on that note let's uh let's call it quits all right all get right. out of here all right brother thanks so much for listening this is Edgar Otraves yep. and this is not my cousin Dan we'll catch you next time Dobranos cabrones the music you're listening to is called Hell 9000 by Basics you can find that over at Epidemic Sound And if you've been listening to the show for a while, you realize that Epidemic Sound is the perfect place to get royalty-free music at a low monthly cost so that you can add to your content and punch it up a little bit. So if you're looking for something specific or something different, make sure you head on over to Epidemic Sound. And when you do, click on my referral link in the description so that they know that I sent you. So, yeah, man, it got really dark, man, because some of these villains are really disgusting monsters, right? And as I was saying earlier, in order for our hero to actually complete his journey, he really must challenge himself and or be challenged by a true antagonistic force that will cause the change that he needs to become the person he needs to become. And I got to admit, man, as you saw me dipping into the darkness during the podcast, 
Dan was pulling me up with his choices. So whether you realize it or not, Dan, you're, you're kind of my hero, man. So uh, thank you for coming on the show, brother. I love you, man. Now, don't forget that we're on social media. You can find me, Edgar Otraves, under the name Edgar Otraves on Instagram. You can also find the show under the name The Floro on Instagram. And don't forget to follow my co-host and good friend, not my cousin Dan, under the name Dantastic Sizzler, also on Instagram. And make sure you check out the website. Make sure you check out the description. Uh, click on those links. I got some sponsors there that would love to hear from you. So make sure you go in there and click on all those links. Now, if you're digging the show, make sure you like, subscribe, comment, and share wherever you get your podcast at. Make sure you share it on social media. Tell your mother, tell your father, tell your brother, tell your sister, tell your cousins, tell your grandma, tell everybody that the Flow Row Podcast is where it's at. And make sure you press all the buttons that make the podcast gods happy. Thank you so much for listening. I am Edgar Otra Vez. We will catch you next time. Behave yourselves. Laters. Laters.